0: focusing on the life of Joseph, which is just about to turn. Up until this point, we've seen really nothing but bad things happen to Joseph. But in Genesis chapter 41, things begin to change. We're reading uh, in verses 38 and 39, and we read these words. And he said to him, Can we find anyone like this, a man who has God's spirit in him? So Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, There is no one as discerning and as wise as you are. For the third time now, a pagan leader has recognized the unmistakable qualities of Joseph, a man who, according to the text, has God's spirit in him. What was it about this man that everywhere he went, he rose to the top? There's not a whole lot we know about his character, but we do, what we do know is very informative. He is honest, humble, hardworking, upright in his character and in his integrity. The man has a reputation for being trustworthy. He was capable of leadership and exuded wisdom. This was seen from the very beginning. Remember, when he was brought to this land through an injustice of his brothers who hated him, he begins in Potiphar's house. And Potiphar was so comfortable with him that he, has, that he made him second in command in his house. After the debacle with Potiphar's wife and his unjust accusation, he lands in jail where he is once again raised to the second in command, even when he is forgotten. He works with authenticity and integrity. So when God does finally raise him up, Joseph is quick to tell Pharaoh that God was the interpreter of dreams, not himself. Joseph wasn't angling for a promotion or being arrogant, even though it would have been well within his rights to do this. His humility didn't start with this circumstance. It began with his relationship with God. He was comfortable being second because he learned a long time ago with his own dreams that God was the only one who could bring all this to pass. So after he interprets the dream, his wisdom is then on full display. This slave-turned-advisor recommends that Pharaoh store extra during the seven years of plenty to have grain to sell during the seven years of famine. All of this is part of Pharaoh's dream. Pharaoh not only takes the word of this Jewish slave and prisoner, he then promotes that slave to, where else, second in command. The rest of the chapter displays Joseph's wisdom and understanding as it relates to building a margin. Joseph very wisely saves and stores for the lean years. And then God uses that margin to empower Egypt in the years of famine that are to come, to preserve the family that sold Joseph into slavery in the first place, bringing to full circle the dreams that landed Joseph in the pit. The early church father, John Chrysostom, wrote, Joseph bore distress with endurance. Endurance gave him character, and having such character, he acted in hope, and hope did not disappoint him. Here again, we're reminded of the faithfulness of Joseph's character. He didn't complain when he was asked to do the work of a slave. He didn't get upset when he was unjustly accused and tossed in jail. He didn't become bitter when he was forgotten for two years. He was faithful in the prison, and God gave him favor in the palace. And so in verse 52, we read And the second son he named Ephraim and said, God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. The name of Joseph's second son really in many ways encapsulates his life, doesn't he? And you can entire the whole chapter, how to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Several things jump out at me about the last couple of days in Joseph's life. The first is that Joseph did the right thing. When confronted with Potiphar's wife, he saw the temptation for what it was and rejected it. He counted it as wickedness against God. The second thing is that Joseph didn't seem bitter. Not once in all of it did we see Joseph spouting bitterness. Not when he was unjustly accused, not when he was incarcerated, not even when he was forgotten for two years. The third thing is that Joseph was patient. He doesn't write letters to the baker going, hey, don't forget me. He doesn't scream at the jailer going, hey, fix this. He just executes the responsibility that he has in jail, and seems to just accept where God has put him. The fourth thing that stands out is that there doesn't seem to be any fear before Pharaoh. You see, it was the interpreting of dreams that got him in the mess in the first place. It was also these dreams that got him forgotten for two years. Yet, when he is summoned to go to Pharaoh, he speaks to him with no fear, no anxiety, just simply and honestly. A fifth truth is that he was quick to highlight the fact that God is the only one who will interpret Pharaoh's dream. He gave God all the credit. And finally, Joseph is wise with what he's been given. He responsibly administrates with the power given to him and doesn't live high on it, but instead plans for the future. He has an eye on the future and is wise in the way that he conducts himself today. Friends, this is how we're fruitful in the land of affliction. All of us will find ourselves in this land, in our lives at different seasons. But do we respond as Joseph did? If we want to be fruitful in that land, we better. When we're confronted with temptation, how do we respond? Do we do the right thing or do we give in? Are we ethical in our business? Do we keep our minds and hearts right sexually? Do we resist the temptation that Satan throws our way? Listen, it's one thing to reject temptation when things are good, but what about when you feel trapped, sold into slavery in a foreign land? But Joseph's integrity isn't shaken. Do we resist temptation in our lives when things go badly for us? When we are unjustly accused in our lives, maybe for something we didn't do by someone, are are we bitter? We've all felt the pain of injustice in our lives in certain seasons. Does it make us bitter? Do we struggle with that? Are we patient? Do we really believe the verse that says, Don't be weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you faint not? How patient are we in trusting God to correct the wrongs in our life? We've all gone through seasons for a period of time where God makes us wait. He made me wait almost a year before going back into ministry again. And I have to say, I didn't wait patiently. This is definitely something that we all could work on. So don't complain. Patiently wait. At the core of patience is faith in God's promises. Sadly, our faith is so small sometimes. I remember when I stepped back into ministry, all the fear that filled my heart. This is your big moment. Don't mess it up as if it was about me. Joseph steps up and speaks up. He's not afraid of the stage and the big moment, primarily because he knows it's God on the box and not him. Am I quick to give God all the credit when I get it right as Joseph did? Or do I steal the glory of God when I take in the adulation of men as if it was mine? Jesus, remind me in the moments of praise and the big moment to rely on you, to trust in you, and to give you all the glory. Finally. Are we wise and frugal with what God has given us, or are we wasting the abundance of our own life? I have to ask myself, do I live with an eye on the future for my kids, in my own life, for my wife? I must live wisely and look toward the future while I have abundance. God has blessed me incredibly, and I better not squander it. This is an essential application for all of us. When we experience injustice and get thrown in prison for doing the right thing, what is our response? Is it to complain and gripe about our lot in life? Is it to get angry and rage against the prison warden? Is it to be bitter because of our difficulty? Or is it like Joseph, to be faithful even there? Do people notice a humble, wise spirit in us when we land in prison? Is our countenance such that we can be trusted when what has happened to us isn't our fault? Or are we faithful in the dungeon when we don't deserve to be there? Do we live in such a way that even when we get forgotten, we still live faithfully? Let's pray together. Jesus, there's so much for us here. Guard us against temptation. Keep us away from the things that sever our relationship with you. Help us to want your presence in our life. And keep us from the things that will divide us from that relationship. Help us to stay on guard and see temptation for what it is. Lord, is there bitterness in our life over what has taken place? Lord, help us to be patient. Help us not to rush or worry. Help us to not be frustrated with the pace of life. Help us to enjoy our time in your presence and not rush off to do other things. Lord, help us to learn to wait on your timing in areas and to accept the responsibility that you've given us today at this moment and leave the results with you. Help us to stay focused on today and live moment by moment in your presence and be faithful with what you have given us, not to obsess over what you have not yet. Lord, help us to live godly apart from fear. Help us to be confident but humble leaders, to point people to a better future with confidence and not second-guess ourselves or what you have shown us. Lord, help us to give you credit for everything good in our life, and may we acknowledge you in everything. May we see every good gift from you and be grateful for it and make it known that you gave it to us. Finally, Lord, help us to have the wisdom to make the plenty in our life the provision for the time of famine. And help us to make wise decisions with our money, with our time, with our health, with our ministry. Help us to live faithfully in the prison season so that you can grant us favor in the palace season. And may we be faithful with the little things, like mopping and cleaning, and leave the timing of the rest of it to you. Thank you that you are there in prison, and help us to remember that you are watching how we live. So help us to live as if you are with us, for indeed, you really are. In your name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today for the Read Your Bible podcast. For the show notes to today's episode, please visit readyourbible.info. While you're there, you can listen to past episodes as well as access a host of additional resources designed to help you grow in your faith. It's all there for you at readyourbible.info. That's readyourbible.info. For more information about South Seminole Baptist Church, just go to southseminole.com. Have a great weekend. Join us on Monday as together we help you learn to read your Bible.